quite nervous. This is uh, the first episode of my long-awaited and long-anticipated podcast about autistic liberation theology. I'm really, really glad to have my good old friend Jonas Lauter here sitting with me who helped me Hi. to set it all up. And do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, I, I try to do a little bit. Um, maybe you notice I'm not a native English speaker. Um, at the moment I'm uh, doing the apprenticeship. Do you say it like yeah. that? For, for be, uh, becoming a pastor in the um, German uh, United uh, Church of the uh, German uh, country part Baden. Um, yes, and uh, it's... Um, uh, parted in um, some uh, practical parts uh, at my uh, parish uh, near Karlsruhe and some theoretical parts in the seminary uh, in Heidelberg. And we've known each other since 2007, I think, yeah. Yeah, And about that. Yeah, and as you can hear, uh, since you know me, I'm also a German native speaker, but uh, the reason I chose to do this podcast in English is because I partly I do this podcast for my autistic community, which is mostly English speaking, and also because I feel really at home in the English language, and especially when I talk about um, terms uh, from the context of uh, the disability community, the autistic community, um, progressive queer theology, those terms are all in English and I feel quite comfortable uh, uh, with those terms. So uh, what uh, this is going to look like is I will... Um, I didn't study theology. Um, theology, Christianity, uh, biblical stuff is kind of one of my special interests. Um, you might know my Playmobil interpretations of... But you did a bachelor in I religious did, uh, In a history of religion, yeah. And so I have a lot of drive to talk about theological ideas I have and about um, my idea of uh, Christianity, about queer theology and the kind of lack of disability theology. And so I talk to all my uh, like all my friends who will be pastors or will be who study theology and I always feel like a bit of an imposter because I never know where I got my information from I can't cite my my sources and I always think is this there's one imposter among us yeah 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 <laughs> I got that reference so I always think, well, this could be boring mainstream, what I'm just kind of repeating, or this could be kind of the new genius idea, or this could be just heretical nonsense that's just not in the text. So I'm, I don't know where I'm, like, placed on, on like, that, that field. So I, I want to use those, uh, these podcast shows to sit down with friends who study or studied theology to kind of pitch them my interpretation or my specific um, autistic, disabled, queer perspective 
on a biblical story or narrative and then basically ask them does that make any sense to you and yeah I have so many topics and I needed to kind of sort them into categories um, so the first one um, the first big pot which I will always uh, kind of come back to for topics is um, disability narratives in the Bible, ableism, the struggle of being in a failing body, in a um, yeah, in a relationship with yourself, the world, and God, and kind of feeling incompetent, feeling not able, and how um, how those thoughts, those feelings, those ideas are kind of um, yeah experienced and talked about in in biblical stories then the second big topic is uh, the idea and the idea of community and of taking care of each other uh, that is kind of um, yeah kind of expected from 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 people in biblical stories and is kind of set as the ideal as Kind of the, the kingdom of heaven is where um, everybody's looking out for each other, and how important that idea is for for the disability community, for the autistic community, and also for the queer community. And so this um, idea of how can we take uh, those commands like uh, love your neighbor as yourself, how we can we take this seriously and um, Kind of turn it into action also and the third topic is kind of the most well provocative is a bit high-fetched but kind of the one where i'm looking for autistic um representation in the bible in the sense that what are characters that autistic people do identify with a lot and why it is important to see yourself in those narratives I know that um, there are millions of ways to, to read a biblical story, but so it's also one way to read them as autistic representation. This is where I want to start today. I want to start with a very short biblical story and I'm going to read it out in English. Then Jonas will read it out in German. And then I will do a pitch. I will kind of explain what I, um, how I interpret the story from an autistic lens. And then Jonas will kind of do a summary in German so to that we know what has come across and what uh, I maybe need to explain again. And then we will, yeah, discuss this. And so we will start. With well, we will try to discuss this. We'll I, I don't know how my uh, capabilities are in speaking English or thinking that fast. Well, we can edit. <laughs> so the Bible story we're going to discuss today is Luke 2, 40-52. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was in him. Every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, 
While his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for, for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these feelings in her heart, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Okay, so this is the English. Um, what was the biblical? Uh, what was the Bible version? The international version. The international version, yeah. Und ich lese aus der Basisbibel. Lukas Kapitel 2, Vers 40 bis 52. Jesus wuchs heran und wurde ein kräftiges Kind. Gott schenkte ihm Weisheit und seine Gnade begleitete ihn. Jedes Jahr zogen die Eltern von Jesus zum Passafest nach Jerusalem. Als Jesus zwölf Jahre alt wurde, gingen sie mit ihm über die Feiertage dorthin, so wie es üblich war. Als das Fest vorüber war, machten sie sich wieder auf den Heimweg. Ihr Sohn Jesus blieb in Jerusalem zurück, aber die Eltern merkten es nicht. Sie dachten, erst bei den anderen Reisenden und zogen eine Tagesreise weit. Am Abend suchten sie ihn bei den Verwandten und Bekannten. Doch sie konnten ihn nicht finden. Da kehrten sie nach Jerusalem zurück und suchten ihn überall. Dann endlich, am dritten Tag, entdeckten sie ihn im Tempel. Er saß mitten unter den Lehrern. Er hörte ihnen zu und stellte ihnen Fragen. Alle, die ihn hörten, staunten über seine klugen Antworten. Seine Eltern waren fassungslos, als sie ihn hier fanden. Seine Mutter fragte ihn, »Kind, warum hast du uns das angetan? Sieh doch, dein Vater und ich haben dich verzweifelt gesucht.« Er antwortete ihnen, »Wieso habt ihr mich gesucht?« Habt ihr denn nicht gewusst, dass ich bei meinem Vater sein muss? Aber sie begriffen nicht, was er da zu ihnen sagte. Dann kehrte Jesus mit seinen Eltern nach Nazareth zurück und war ihnen gehorsam. Maria prägte sich diese Worte gut ein. Jesus wuchs heran, er wurde älter und immer klüger, und Gott und die Menschen hatten ihre Freude an ihm. So. I always kind of feel really giddy when I hear that story and you might have noticed um, the icon for this podcast is a Chernobyl image of exactly like a recreation of that story of small boys standing in front of three old men with uh, with beards and kind of being kind of what's the English word flabbergasted at what that kid has to say to them and so my pitch is this this is a really, really, really in-your-face opportunity for autistic people to see themselves and to feel reminded of their own childhood or if they're still children to see themselves how they are now. Because one experience that autistic um, people often make as children is that we don't view authority figures um, 
when they're friendly to us, we don't view them as kind of being being better or being more high status. We don't kind of recognize that hierarchy, so we don't have the we don't have a problem actually confronting um, people who might be seen as being wiser or being smarter or being more learned. Of course, if we're if we're frightened, if we're scared of them, then we that's that's a difficulty. And if uh, like. Uh, social anxiety issues or, or like speaking issues but um, when it's about kind of I just imagine Jesus having his like special interest being biblical stuff and being being the Torah Torah and being um, like really excited to be in this place and kind of info dump towards those elderly men who just stand there and not know don't know what's going on and they tell him their their interpretation and he says, No, no, you got it wrong, let me explain it to you. And having this, this kind of person half their size, like um and like quarter of their age or even less, kind of trying to explain to them how to read like what's their profession. Uh I think this is an ex is an experience that many autistic children make that people are kind of wow, you sound so wise, you sound like you sound you sound like an adult. That that also the speech pattern that autistic children have is also described as really like a professor, or like um, um, really like an adult. And sometimes we we get like bullied for that, or we get kind of mocked for that, or even depicted as creepy, which is really really hurtful. And so having a narrative where basically the autistic child as the hero is nice like for a change to have kind of Jesus um, behave in a way we used to behave and then having Mary and Joseph come back to the temple and being really shocked that why would Jesus just wander off and for Jesus there is no well you should know where I am and this idea of well it's logical it's kind of well, duh, obviously I'm in the temple. It's, it kind of reminds me of when I thought my, the way I would behave, the, the places I would go, the things I would do were just logical conclusions and everybody has observed me, everybody knows how I am, so why would people be astounded of what I do? And also something that many autistic children do is so-called eloping. I don't know if that term is still or that phrase is still used, but that autistic children um, sometimes have an urge to kind of explore or to go away or to leave the house, which can be quite frightening for the parents, and rightly so. But this idea of um, just Jesus just expecting his parents to know where he is, this feels a bit familiar to me too. And I really, really love that story because it kind of validates behavior I showed as a child and st still showing now. Um, and kind of to, to summarize, okay, not seeing hierarchy and authority, being really excited to talk with experts about my special interests, regardless of their age and rank, and being perceived as wise or like clever for my age and the word in the English version version it was they were amazed 
at his answers and people being amazed at me is an experience I've made constantly in my life. The result of people being amazed was not always the same, but some, sometimes that would lead to bullying, sometimes that would lead to being laughed at, but people definitely amazed. So. Ja, ähm, <lacht> ich versuche das äh, jetzt mal auf äh, Deutsch zusammenzufassen, ähm, soweit ich es richtig verstanden habe und du musst mich dann auf Englisch gleich korrigieren. Also das Besondere an der äh, Geschichte, die wir jetzt heute haben vom zwölfjährigen äh, Jesus im Tempel, ist, dass er gerade ermöglicht für Autisten sich mit dieser Situation oder dieser Rolle zu identifizieren. Also ähm, diese Situation, ähm, nicht, sich, sich nicht ähm, irgendwie um Hierarchien zu kümmern, weil das irgendwie gar nicht so eine, so eine Rolle spielt, sondern dass das eigene äh, Special Interest, ich weiß nicht, ob man einen deutschen ja. Begriff dafür äh, nimmt, ähm, gibt es einen deutschen Begriff? Spezialinteresse. Spezialinteresse, also dieses Thema, was, was Jesus da so total interessiert, die, die, äh, das Torah-Studium, er steht ja kurz vor der Bar Mitzvah, wenn es das in dem derzeit schon so gab, das ist jetzt vielleicht ein bisschen ein Anachronismus, ähm, aber dieses Spezialinteresse, äh, die, den, den Lehrern, also eigentlich einer höheren Hierarchie einfach so, so zu erzählen, ähm, im Prinzip drei Tage lang, äh, das ist schon eine Situation, in der sich oft ähm, eben auch äh, autistische Kinder äh, wiederfinden können, dass, dass sie ihr Spezialinteresse ohne, ohne ein Ansehen jetzt der, der Person so erzählen wollen und auch äh, so ausführlich. Ähm, und ein zweiter Aspekt ist dann diese Situation, dass die Eltern so erstaunt sind und dass, dass es auch oft eine Situation ist, denen sich äh, Autisten äh, ge äh, gegenübersehen, ähm, so erstaunt sein, einerseits über die, diese Situation, ähm, dass, dass de, das, äh, ja, das Interesse ähm, na, da, da zu suchen und äh, nach draußen zu gehen und äh, Dinge herauszufinden sehr stark ist und andererseits dieses Erstaunen über diese, diese Fähigkeiten. Ähm, manchmal kann das eben sehr positiv sein, aber in vielen sozialen Situationen äh, ja, führt es auch zu ähm, ja, verschiedenen Mobbing-Situationen. Ähm, Soweit habe ich es jetzt gerade noch im Kopf gehabt. Ja, yeah, that's, yeah, that's basically like a good summary. Uh, yeah. So, now, how would you... Is that okay to think that? Is that, an, like, is it okay to, to make that interpretation? Yeah, uh, at, at first I would say uh, it's okay to for everyone to, to make their, their own interpretation of the Bible because that's uh, the, the basic uh, Protestant uh, thing uh, which uh, were, were brought in uh, by, by Martin Luther. Mm. Uh, and uh, secondly, it's, I, I think it's very important to, to, um, to have uh, those uh, stories in the Bible where you, you with your life uh, with your daily life or with your experience um, could identify with. So maybe this Jesus story is uh, very um, geeignet, uh, what do you say? Um, lends itself to... to... To this interpretation as a child, an autistic child within uh, the society. Um, maybe another Jesus story won't work out like that. Yeah. 
it, it's, it, I just feel like there are some people who say stop interpreting everything, like stop, stop armchair diagnosing people as autistic, but that is actually just the case if you do it from a position of power. What it, means armchair diagnosing? Armchair diagnosing means you haven't met that person, you have yeah. just like um, armchair anthropologists were people who would kind of sit at home and study the research of others and make claims about foreign All right. Uh, people and uh, yeah, but you didn't do that. I didn't do that. Yeah, so because <laughs> you you said you identify yeah. with Jesus in this story. Yeah, you you did said Jesus uh, is autistic because of that story. I say I I know that um, that's not how Bible works. I know I uh, that's not how interpreting works. Um, and I there is no absolute truth to be found, and there is no kind of that the one way of reading something um, because that would be really dangerous but there are still some people who say ah stop projecting autistic traits on celebrities or stop doing this and that but I think it's really important to, to do that to have that opportunity to see yourself in a positive way to have positive or uh, celebrity role models and even yes. if you're wrong it, I don't think it does do any harm or does do any damage and to kind of have representation that is a counterweight to countless other bad representation I, I would be helpful. Uh, I won't say it uh, doesn't do any uh, mm -hmm. harm or damage because it does do harm or damage to some other others people's uh, images of, of those persons. The, you, it, does ha it does good damage. It does constructive damage. Yes, yeah, so, sort sort of destructive and and const, uh, constructive uh, okay. in, in that way. So kind of. And for for some people, it's uh, uh, very difficult to to have um, a wider view of of a person mm -hmm. uh, like a celebrity or like Jesus, and to see that this this person of of history uh, can. Um, switch uh, roles mm -hmm. or, or can um... yeah but that is what that's how if I'm honest that's how I read the Bible in its uh, in its entire entirety because that's what happens constantly switching of narratives yes undermining of, of like the dominant narrative and uh, subverting of expectations and that's why it but fits. it isn't that, yeah. that easy it needs more um, yeah, brain energy. Yeah, for, yeah, for it's it's uncomfortable, and it's it's, it's also it's, uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah, and what I just had to think when you thought it does when you said it does harm. I've been reading a lot uh, about John Lewis, the um, congressman who was yeah. the civil rights activist yeah. who died this summer, and he used the term "get into good trouble" or to cause good trouble. Yeah, kind of to. To disturb stuff that does uh, just disturb like structures and peace of minds of people, but in a in a like helpful and healing way. Yeah, be because the um, disturbance. Yeah. Uh, of of structures uh, and also traditions, um, they're um, necessary to to lead uh, into a, a creative uh, process to create something new to create uh, something f for the future. 
if, if you stay in structures, mm -hmm. sometimes it's uh, also uh, good to stay uh, in some structures. We also need structures yeah, every day. Yeah. 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 But um, uh, in, in the whole view, it's very important uh, to uh, disturb uh, structures to create uh, something new. And for, for me, the um, creation is um, a important topic in the mm -hmm. Bible. Mm -hmm. The recreation and the... the creation and the recreation. Yeah, yeah. And it's um, uh, a sort of balance between um, keeping structure and keeping good life and uh, disturb those uh, structures yeah, yeah. to create a new life. And especially when you... Uh, won't uh, stay that. And especially when you, when you have people excluded from the good life. And people who don't profit from yes. stability, yeah. then you need to kind of break down the stability or challenge it so that everybody can profit from a new stability. So as long as there are still people outside of um, profiting from the status quo, you need to challenge it. But a big question for I, I, I think for society is also how um, do we see or acknowledge or uh, recognize mm -hmm. if people aren't yeah, yeah. Uh, in those structures or aren't comfortable or can't live with those structures. Well that's, yeah that's, that's I think that would fall into um, my, like my second topic. The, the, the thing about community, the thing about caring for each other. It has a lot to do with believing people yeah. when they giving people space to to uh, to cry space to to mourn space to cry out in pain and believing that pain and realize when you don't want to believe that pain it might be because you're uncomfortable and it might be because you're too comfortable in your in your space and that believing people in pain is the prerequisite for change and once you you need to believe people in pain and yeah. in in fear to make change possible but also once you have believed them you can't go back you ha you you have to change something so it's dangerous to believe people in pain it means you have to challenge your your situation and this is something i uh, i really want to look when i discuss like this second topic because there's a lot of people wanting to be seen, people wanting to be heard in the Bible, uh, in biblical narratives, and people who don't want to see and who don't want to hear and who don't want to believe and um, who don't want to change or be challenged. I think people reclaiming representation, for example, in that story, I think it can do so much good, it can be so helpful. And so this, it's, a, it's a whole different topic, but how often have you encountered the creepy child in horror films or science fiction films? The creepy child narrative or, or the, the creepy child uh, coding or um, trope where you have a child uh, that talks like an adult, that um, is really clever, really smart, doesn't show many expressions on their face, is really does its own thing, can't be intimidated and Many autistic people see themselves in that because we get we get told that's how people perceive us yeah. and that's hurtful and to th those those children are mostly 
like evil or can dangerous. You, can you explain why this um, interpretation or um, use of the of the trope uh, is hurtful? Because we see ourselves as scary. We realize for that society. For society, yeah. we realize we like a a crude depiction or like a parody of us is used as a scary tool to scare people in the audience and to scare the people on screen and you can see yourself causing fear and irritation and we see that in our daily life already so those mm -hmm. figures can be really triggering and so to have to have one narrative where you have this 12 year old boy who is the perfect age for, for the scary child trope being kind of this prodigy or this wow he's in the temple talking about god and religion and stuff and he's really kind of appreciated and valued and he even even everyone is really disturbed but it's in a positive way disturbed and so it's so relieving for me it's so relieving to have kind of a no actually actually you're great this way you're not scary at all we may be irritated but we value that and but oh All the story shows that um, the transition mm -hmm. from the from this caring because because at first the parents they were, are scared. Were, yeah, they, yeah. They, they were scared yeah but uh, uh, secondly they yeah they, they they recognized that their son is in the temple talking uh, to the authorities or the priests or like priest, the yeah and that made sort of a transition yeah of the scaring yeah he, they, they, he, he's in the place where he belongs that's kind of what he says also isn't it obvious that i would be here don't you even know me and then to kind of this is what what this is me that's what i do and this is where i belong somehow and those priests don't shush him away or don't they don't kind of shut him down but they're really well we don't know we don't know, know but we don't know there's this part of the story but he has been there for three days because yeah yeah that, that was for for me when when i uh, when i read the story uh, um, uh, today morning uh, i thought about hey, what what has he done the uh, three days uh, What has he eaten? Uh, Where did he sleep? Yeah, yeah. Did he sleep? I mean, when you're in hyperfocus, you don't need food or drink or sleep and anything. Yeah, but for three yeah. days. But yeah, the <laughs> question is, how many scholars has he kind of talked with? Um, and is is this now scholar number twenty five? Or did they kind of did they? Did We they don't know. It's part. Go, uh, go went tired and uh, yeah. It belongs to our imagination, it's yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. So you you kind of give me your blessing on that interpretation. I give you always my blessing. <laughs> Thank you very and, much. Uh, I I already uh, told uh, that I won't um, use those categories yeah, uh, of uh, mainstream interpretation or um, innovative, yeah. uh, never heard of uh, theories or heresy. or heresy. Yeah, I know. Um, thank you, thank you very much for your insight and for yeah, for helping me set this up. And yeah, you're welcome. I hope you're still listening. Um, I hope this kind of made sense to you, or if it didn't, you can always leave a comment. Uh, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to 
doing this on a regular basis. So thank you very much, Jonas. Yeah, thank and, you, Laura. And so I'm also looking forward to the next episodes, maybe with me or maybe with some other guests. And if uh, anyone, if you, Jonas, or if anyone listening has like kind of a recommendation for a topic, um, please feel free to comment and. Oh, especially a story. A story, yeah, a biblical story. And yeah, until the next time. Bye.